and serving so directly as missionaries here in the U.S. and Europe. We were stepping back from the association. We had 76 churches in uh, in Texas, uh, and uh, it is a treasure to serve all of those churches. And usually when I'm not here, that's exactly where I'm at in one of those 75 other places. Super Bowl Sunday. Wish I could be more excited about that. I put a picture up yesterday of me, and the only jersey that I had was not green and gold from the Green Bay Packers, and it's uh, blue and blue from the New Orleans Saints. And still a little bit, still a little bit as it is when you watch football in the Dallas. tell you just a few of the things that are going on and share with you so that you can pray for me and pray for all of our churches in our association. Uh, I want to show you a few things because we are better together. Uh, We are 76 churches and we know you can't, there's not one Baptist that can tell another Baptist what to do about anything. So we (laughs) we are better together and we work cooperatively together in missions to make a difference show you just a few things that are going on. Right now, we're in 40 days of prayer, and if you're not involved, I just encourage you to hop on to Facebook. Now, uh, I know all of you as grandparents, you have Facebook because everybody has pictures of their kids that they can show you on Facebook or they're in the web. But I want you to go to Facebook. Go to NKBA, Northern KY Baptist Association, and you can like us there, and you can follow daily devotions that will guide you through praying for in our area, churches in our area, uh, all the way up through March the 7th. And then we will be having a Spiritual Awakening Conference, which this church has hosted before, a couple of years back. Uh, This year on March 8th and 9th, it's going to be at Main Street Church in Alexandria. We moved from Huntsville to Campbell County. And uh, we're going to have Dennis Tethers uh, speaking at that Awakening Conference. He will be speaking here on that Sunday morning at 10. Dennis is an international evangelist from London, England, Kentucky, and um, a phenomenal, phenomenal speaker, and you will be blessed to hear him that day. So please come uh, on the Awakening Night to the Spiritual Awakening Conference. Uh, that's, that's, another, that's another term for revival. This is an association revival, uh, in case I need to translate that. I want you to see a couple of the people here uh, that serve. Go back to one there, uh, uh, Mr. Woodfield. Some of the people who serve in our, our association. This is Josh Skipper at the Baptist Campus Ministry at Southern Southern University. Uh, this is he and I at a UT conference. Uh, but uh, Josh is a great young man. You need to pray for him in ministry that's going on there uh, as a campus. There are a lot of kids coming to Christ. Uh, Amy Wilhelmus was named Missionary of the Year. Amy held the director of the Moore Activity Center uh, in Inner City Covington, and he has been working there for a number of years uh, doing after-school mentoring programs, uh, clothing, feeding, all kinds of ministry to those who are in our inner city. He has been doing a phenomenal job, and he is a nobody gets more out of a dollar than Amy Wilhelm. Uh, and so you need 
Now, uh, we also work in conjunction with uh, uh, the Northern, uh, in addition to the Northern Kentucky Baptist Association outside of our area, uh, we work with two North American cities, Cincinnati and New Orleans, uh, where we do a lot of additional ministry. So we do go across the river, and we also have a ministry in, in, in New Orleans as well. Harbor Community Church is one of our partners there on the ground. Many of you know Pastor James Welch. Uh, Pastor James has been and you've spoken here before uh, as well. Uh, known this young man, been there 13 years uh, uh, at Harbor and doing a wonderful job there. And we have been partnering with that church and uh, God's just been doing some amazing things through, uh, through that work. And so when you give, and when you give, Resources that Burlington Baptist Church gives, we work together and share, and we're making a difference. And God has a right here for you, and we're going to move to, beyond that. We're going to pursue that. Also, this is Pastor Van Chin. Uh, pastor Chin is the pastor of uh, our Burmese congregation, uh, Zion Chin Baptist Church. And they meet at Fort Mitchell Baptist Church on Sunday afternoons at 2 o'clock. And uh, they are nearing probably now close to 200 people in attendance. Did you know that there were that many Burmese people in there on Saturday? Uh, but it is one of the largest uh, immigrant populations that we have had, that we've had in this area. And so we started a church, and Pastor Van, this is his wife. They've been here, and again, they've sung and presented uh, before, but what a wonderful, wonderful people. And God is just continuing to bless them. This is uh, Pastor Joshua Chin, the Good Shepherd International Church that meets just down the road here at Harris Baptist uh, uh, Community Center. And they meet at 1230 on Sundays. And this is a Korean congregation uh, uh, that started two years ago because there is a high concentration in North American missions, they told us, of Korean people who live in this area. And there are no Korean Christians. So we have started a church there, and uh, Pastor Joshua and his wife, Sue Chu, is teaching us the Old Testament lessons. She's doing a fabulous job with that teaching. Uh, and when they baptize someone, we're all part. And lives are changed. And, and these missions with these people, well, I, want, I just want to tell you, the nations have come to us. You know, we've been sending people to the nations, but now the nation's in our our backyard, and so the opportunity for missions intensifies right here where we are, here in our area, and so thank you, Pastor Joshua. He has also sent out two men already in two years. He's already sent out and ordained two men who have gone out from here who are now serving in, in mission work in other parts of the world, uh, different people, so this small church starting out with less than 50 people has already sent out two men and they're going out to more how amazing is that and we have partners but without you that doesn't happen so uh, uh, this past Christmas we collected 1,250 backpacks that we distributed through our inner city mission and MAC uh, through other missions and ministries that we hold here and in Cincinnati and with each one of those backpacks at Christmas, a gospel presentation is given. So the gospel is spread to 1,250 kids throughout our area here. And uh, so 
just come around about kids who prayed to the Chiefs house because Auburn and Christian Baxter with 10,000 was the, the goal for the state of Kentucky. Uh, we, we took it as a tithe and put our goal was 1,000, and we gutted 1,250. 1,250 got to the Chiefs because the kids love to pray. They get the text from the Lord, Chiefs be back. And it's just a real special day to us as Auburn and Christine this happened approximately a year also face a great need in our area, as you know, because of drug and addiction. And we have started the Life Recovery Center. And the Life Recovery Center meets at our Auburn Southern Baptist Association office in Orlando on Woods Avenue. And uh, just flip over a little bit. Uh, five nights a week, we have Bible studies and Christ-centered support groups families coming from addicted loved spouses, Peace Star, which is for kids and also for students who have families who have addicted loved ones to support, to encourage them. And so, and we've even started a church plant called New Reality Church. It's been meeting at our association office. Started last June with just a handful of people. Just this past December, it grew to such a degree, there were over 100 people, everybody we had over 100 people in our conference room, and I don't think you're supposed to have 100 people in that conference room, and, and, and we literally, that church plant has outgrown that, and we've had to move to another location to meet on Friday nights, and they're having over 100 people, and I want to tell you, we brought in a feeding trough, where are you? we brought in a feeding trough filled it up with water at the association office and had the very first baptisms ever that took place at the Auburn Southern Baptist Association office to a church plant that started in our building. <laughs> so, I mean to tell you, uh, it's just a lot of fun. But God is good. God is really good. And I know this is just an opportunity for me to tell you thank you. Thank you because this would be possible without your giving. Gifts that are given to our centers and your budget here bless us in Kentucky and help us as churches together to accomplish all of these things. So thank you, thank you, thank you. None of this would have happened without you. So pray. Pray for me. Pray for my family. Pray for our financial issues. There are many and painful. And this is Super Bowl is Sunday, and uh, I, in 
Tom Brady played in his very first Super Bowl, I want you to note that there were no iPhones. There was nothing special about Android. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter, no YouTube, no Instagram, Spotify, or Gmail. There was no Uber. There was no Airbnb. There was no iTunes when Tom Brady played in his first Super Bowl. And while all of these things have changed, there's one thing that hasn't changed. You know what it is? same yesterday, today, and forever. And with everything going on and the challenges that he faced in our world, I'm sure that the one thing that we could agree upon in our very politically correct society is that Jesus faced the world forever. that has changed our lives, and that's the message of Jesus Christ. One of the awesome things about the Bible is that it is so compelling. It speaks to so many issues that we're dealing with today. It is timeless in its truth. And over 2,500 years ago, God was talking to Solomon, and he was breaking down some wisdom to Solomon and specifically outlining for him how a nation could experience healing could experience a revival of sorts. And this is is what he said. I want you to read this verse with me. If my people, I want you to read this with me. It's a participatory thing. That means you read at the same time that I read, all right? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God ever blessing his people. How many of y'all have been to court before? Been to court? Those of you who've known me for a while, um, I am a seven-time graduate of Classic Two. proud of that. I really am not. But I am am confessing because confession speaks to the soul. But I am a seven-time graduate. You know it's not good when you go into classes here and it's your second or third time and the teacher calls you by name in class to answer a question because you've already been there two times before and expects you to have an answer in that. Okay, okay. But anyway, I was sitting in that courtroom And there are two important seats in a courtroom. There's a seat where the judge sits, and that's called the judge's seat. And then there's another seat in the courtroom, and it's called the mercy seat. It's because the one who sits there is in need of mercy. And I got to tell you, I was in need of some mercy each of those seven times that I was in traffic school. I was in need of mercy. Well, that judge sitting in the judgment seat has the power to condemn, to lecture, to set free, doesn't it? But that mercy seat 
symbolically, again, that's where I would tell you that I was in need of mercy. Testament, the, the mercy seat was a place on the Ark of the Covenant uh, where which was in the Holy of Holies and the high priest would go into once a year and he would sprinkle the blood from the Passover lamb to atone for the sins of the nation. Now God is the one and only who sits on that throne of judgment and something happens to us in this world and sometimes we find ourselves and we move ourselves, shift ourselves sometimes into that judgment seat ourselves. And we want to be the one who points and shakes that finger, you know, when people are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, when they're not living the way that they're supposed to be living. And I would tell you, sometimes, again, we, we desperately need to hear the truth because there is absolutely no doubt and no substitute for that truth from Jesus. I believe that that truth is exposed in the confession of faith in Jesus. And we can speak that truth in love to people so that they can see that there is hope, that there is help, that there is forgiveness, that there is a mercy seat where they can find themselves, where they can receive that hope and that help and that forgiveness I believe that there's a great spiritual awakening that's coming about, and I believe it's going to happen in the next few coming weeks. I believe that it begins with followers of Jesus who identify themselves and recognize that they don't belong in the judgment seat, but in that mercy seat, and they recognize what God was passing down as he broke it down to Solomon, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked, believing ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now that personal pronoun, my, appears twice there in the very first nine words of this verse. Now all of us have people, people that we have in, in com- something we have in, in, in common with. You know, now I was, I was with some of my people earlier this week, trip on over there. Uh, I was with some of my people earlier this week uh, in, in Rupp Arena, you know, and, and if you're a Kentucky Wildcat fan, you're, you're part of my people, you, you, you're part of my tribe, trip over the next one there. Uh, uh, now, in, in this area, uh, you know, and, and Grady just came out with a black raspberry chip donut, I mean, how wrong is that? You know, I, I've been I've been trying to say no to sweets now for months, and they come out with a black raspberry chip donut. Help me, Jesus, help me. But if you love Grater's ice cream, you're part of my people. You are a part of my people. And and you know, if you live in this part of the world, well, you gotta have a favorite. You know, you gotta have a favorite. All right, how many Skyline people we got? Skyline, let me see your hands. Skyline. All right. Gold Star, let me see your hands. Some of y'all putting your hands up on both of them. All right. Dixie, let me see my Dixie people. All right, all right. Yeah, I love me some Dixie. 
I, now, when I didn't put interest here before, I made this presentation. I shared this with somebody. I said, what about interest? Well, you got any interest people in here? All right. All right. Very good. You know, so we, we have our preferences, the things that we love, that we enjoy, you know, in our local uh, uh, foodie company. If my people who are called by my name, he's talking to us, the people who identify. And I want you to see some things here today. I want you to see that identity that we have in Christ, that identity that is the first part of church house. It's not dependent on who's in the White House. Healing begins with God's people get real about obedience and, and, and recognizing that that plays a major role in revival and spiritual awakening. Something has to happen in here before something happens out there. Something has to happen. If we want to see the headlines change in our world, then something's got to happen right here in your heart and in mine. We got to push and pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. Push. Push through. You want to see change, then we've got to push through. And that means as the people of God, we got to push. Pray. Pray until something happens. James, brother Jesus tells us in, in James chapter 1, verse 22, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This person is blessed in what he does. The Bible is the word of God, and we should look at it in order to identify what is broken in our lives. And too often we have taken what was intended to be a mirror and turned it into a window. So instead of using the the Scripture as a lens by which to see ourselves and to see our sin and to see and identify our brokenness, we've used it as a device in order to launch truth bombs out into a world for people who have never found a path to way that God intended us entirely to use the scriptures because I believe that truth is not of this world. I believe that word is powerful. And when it is used properly, it is enormously powerful. And when it's misused, it's also enormously destructive. First thing we want to see, see that begins with, if my people who are called by my name, it starts in here. Revival and awakening Here's the second thing I want you to see, and that is humility. If my people who are called by my name will 
humble ourselves. We must humble ourselves by admitting our selfish desires, that we are all selfish creatures. We all want our own way. We all want uh, the things the way we like them, when we like them, and, and so on. And it's no different inside church. You know, we are this way. We have our, our preferences. But I want to tell you, when we come here, this should be the place that we come together as the people of God, yielding everything in our lives and all of our preferences to Jesus, to follow Him, to hear Him, to obey Him, because this obedience that I believe is lacking in the church today is reflected in our culture. Because we've missed the mark. Because if it weren't for the wonderful grace of Jesus in our lives, we would be lost and far from God, helpless, hopeless, and reaching a sin status that might even make the devil blush and laugh. But being humble means that we take our stand on salvation rather than condemnation. It's admitting our selfish desires and yielding everything ourselves to His desires, to His will. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and the third thing is that we a couple of glimpses of what that looks like over in Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. The first church prayed for 10 days between the ascension uh, to heaven and Pentecost, and lives, thousands and thousands of lives daily were being saved. And now we pray for safety. see the headlines change in the world and something has to change in our hearts if praying and filling don't have to change. We have got to tap into the power that God wants to bring to bear in our lives. And to do so, we have to make ourselves available for His Spirit to pour His power into our lives. We've got to be open and willing to shut down thing that we need, my, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. We need a posture of humility. Revival is described as the pouring out presence of God's presence on his people. That's what revival is. The pouring out presence of God on his people. In the Old Testament, when the Shekinah glory cloud fell tabernacle in the Old Testament, the people were awakened. They were revived. In in Acts, we see here that the people began to speak God's message with boldness. Now, when it comes to us as followers of Christ, we must understand that Jesus did not die on a cross and rise from the grave just so that he could be a part of our life. He was not desperately hoping to be ranked somewhere in our top ten. His desire is to be our Savior. 
place to check that up really quick? Checkbook? churches are struggling financially and so on like that, and there are still plenty of people, and I know there are less than 1% in churches that are from the last saying of the text. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, if we will seek him we need to look at what he has done in our history. Because the only way I know to truly repent of sin is to confess it. That's the only way. We are sinners in need of a Savior. We are way more affected in the world when we first ask God to change in our own lives, to change things in our own lives, rather than turning around where we perceive other people are falling. Here's the Word of God in real time. And we do that in these times. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then sitting in a mercy seat in need of a Savior. When we repent of our sins, we are turning away from that sin and we are running the other way. And that thing that seeks to hold and to bind our lives and we're running toward evil. Maybe Jesus is the only hope that we need. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us.
Lord, we thank you for your word and the faith of your mother. Always help us to trust you, Christ, and to serve you. In your name we pray. Testament to work in the book of Acts, and I believe this formula is still working. Simple. And Jesus, who is the embodiment of the gospel, is still the most powerful force in the universe. We are simply amazed by that. Can you imagine what it would be like if we could just keep it is so amazing that we are still able to trust you. I want to ask you to bow your heads, if you will, with me. Close this time. Would you bow your heads? Preacher, what do you want me to do? I hear what you're saying. I want to encourage you today to place yourself in the mercy Thank you. 